0: Hey guys, and welcome to the show. It's no longer No Shave November, but I'm a little behind the times. Anyway, today we're going to talk about Enterprise Threat Detection Service, but more importantly, the McRib is back. Today we have Andre Sago with us. Hey Andre, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing good, enjoying the weather. Did I I pronounce your last name right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, well, listen, today we're going to talk about uh, Enterprise Threat Detection Service, and since you, sir, are the expert, I am going to let you tell us exactly what that is. So, what is is Enterprise Threat Detection Service? (laughs) Well, um... ETD for short <laughs> is uh, is a managed
1: security service which uh, provides enterprises with uh, state of the art uh, detection capabilities and uh, we are leveraging like the latest microsoft technologies and various telemetry sources and data that we get and then uh, everything uh, is actually built into the operating system so uh, we are kind of agentless which makes it much easier to yeah to deploy and get data And then, using a combination of uh, machine learning, uh, machine analytics, uh, signatures, uh, proprietary telemetry sources, uh, human analysts, which actually is very important, uh, we are kind of in a unique position to uh, continually monitor for advanced attacks in this rapidly
0: evolving environment. So I guess guess that means that uh, the service for this is built in, is that correct? Uh, yes, so we are leveraging
1: the Windows uh, error reporting service and then with that we are able to gather information and telemetry uh, in order to uh, see if uh, and, and detect uh, uh, attacks.
0: Okay, is there a, so you said that there was some human intervention, does that mean that there's a, 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 a group of people that look at these things and then provide updates to the client?
1: Uh, so yeah, uh, in
0: the in the background,
1: um in on the back end, we have a team of analysts and uh, uh, devs and um, ops guys, and then all of us are uh, trying to um, uh, protect the customer and let them know if there is any suspicious activity. So um with the data that we collect, we uh, have um, um, let's say uh, we look for uh, shell code indicators, we're looking for malware for targeted attacks. And then we have people with uh, decades uh, in, in security and looking for malware reverse engineering as well. So with all that, we're trying to provide uh, concise and uh, uh, a report for the customer.
0: So who is the target audience for uh, Enterprise Threat Detection Service? Ah, that's a very good question, well, uh,
1: we actually have a wide range of, uh, of customers, from small organizations to big enterprise organizations to governmental agencies and even some intelligence agencies, agencies as well, and uh, it kind of uh, depends on, we, we have a wide range of coverage, uh, because Right now, our focus is mostly on Windows uh, endpoints. Uh, However, uh, that doesn't mean we don't have the capability to detect suspicious activity occurring on other non-Windows devices.
0: Okay. So, ETD is a standalone service or an add-on?
1: it's actually a standalone service so there is um, no need to install anything uh, else like another agent on the workstations uh, on yeah on the on the machines or or, or servers uh, because we actually um, everything is actually built in
0: into windows okay so does that mean that you know the windows minimum technical requirements apply there's not really anything special that we need well, yeah, uh, and
1: uh, another thing is that um, because Windows Error Reporting Service was uh, implemented since Windows XP, we support everything from Windows XP onwards.
0: Okay, so show us what you've got.
1: Okay, so <laughs> I have um, uh, this slide which uh, briefly describes uh, what we can, uh, what we have, and what we can do for the customers, and then. Um, Afterwards, if, if that's okay with you, I can go into a, uh, to a case study, uh, like a scenario that we've encountered that uh, actually a few customers with, yeah, with different variations. Yeah, so, I think that would be awesome. Perfect. Okay, so um, right now, our uh, deliverables include um, alerts that we provide uh, to the customers and uh, summary reports, and then based on the... Um, uh, subscription uh, that they have we can provide that uh, like every week every month or on a quarterly basis and then with that once once we have uh, we have the summary report and then we we set that to the customer we actually have a call with them and then in that call we go over what we uh, what we've encountered basically what we've detected and then uh, besides that, there, um, there are also a number of reach back hours, uh, which um, include additional investigations and questions, uh, and then maybe some reverse engineering or maybe deep analysis on, on various other things. So uh, in this scenario, uh, so we got uh, multiple crash dumps from, um, uh, from uh, the customer and then they actually had uh, interesting things in them. The, the process that was crashing had a suspicious name and was present in, uh, in a suspicious location. For example, you can see here, it was in the startup folder. And the process name were w32, rundll32, and then uh, powershell.exe. Among, uh, among others. And um, of course, uh, just by looking at the command line for PowerShell, definitely something was uh, interesting there. And then we also have um, um, some detections that we're running over the, the crash dumps of the memory dumps that we get. And then uh, they, for example, the detections comprised of uh, heuristic detections, um, emulation for possible shell code, yara detections, and so on. And uh, among the detections that we, we got, uh, we had a few which were very interesting, and um, among those, uh, I will show uh, some of the Metasploit shell code and the suspicious PowerShell command detections. I'll demo that here. Okay, and okay, perfect. So everything started. Uh, we we picked one of the one of the dumps, and then we uh, want to see what's going on there. So uh, the first thing we did a list of uh, loaded modules and uh, and then we saw uh, the process uh, that was crashing. in this case is w thirty two and then from there, we uh, moved on to see what instructions were um, running when when uh, the program was crashing. Uh, and then uh, if for people who have a bit of experience, either debugging or reverse engineering, uh, some of the instructions may seem a bit odd. And uh, you would be right. Uh, basically, once we uh, search for the bytes in the memory dump, we actually saw this was actually a web page. And then uh, the web page actually had a blocked message and of course the URL that was being blocked and then, of co- uh, and then the, the page was redirecting to something else. Usually that happens when uh, for example you have a downloader or a shellcode that tries to download something and it will automatically run it uh, and then if in this case uh, it didn't get to the actual payload so it tried to run an HTML page which of course is not executable. Now, um, once we uh, got that IP address, we, uh, searched, uh, in, uh, we searched for it in the memory dump, and we got a hit on, uh, on what actually uh, was a Metasploit shellcode, a shellcode generated by um, uh, one of the Metasploit uh, tools, and we found that in memory along with the user agent, so that actually was a very good IOC indicator of compromise. Now, uh, the other uh, detection that I was talking about, and this one actually uh, displayed a fake error message uh, to the user uh, saying that the document could not be uh, decoded. And then it was uh, loading uh, and uh, decoding uh, uh, an actually a suspicious file with double extension, xls.bat. And then that one contained the base64 code uh, possibly just by looking at the the PowerShell command and then it was executing that. Uh, now, the information that we got stopped here, however, we, uh, with the inf- once we gathered all that information, we searched through our um, intelligence sources to see what we can find, maybe we can find more data, because right now we knew that the system was compromised, but uh, we want to see if we can uh, get more data, and uh, we actually did. So we found a malicious document, an office document, using the same PowerShell command, and then once we um, decoded the first layer, the base64 that was in the bat file, um, we got through a second uh, PowerShell script with another base64. And then uh, I, I added here uh, in the second layer. There is a screenshot which actually shows that what it's gonna do. It's gonna allocate memory inside the um, uh, uh, running uh, the running process in the address space of the running process, and then it's gonna do a create thread on that. So, once we decoded the uh, second base64, we saw that it was actually uh, a binary, an executable, and the payload was uh, Cobalt Strike. Cobalt Strike, um, if uh, if you don't know, it's a tool mostly used, but not only, by red teams in order to... Um, uh, do all sorts of uh, all sorts of things has a lot of capabilities um, it can execute various kind of scr- uh, scripts low keystrokes get credentials take screenshots download execute files uh, transfer data uh, has uh, uses some cover channels to, to do that and then uh, even uh, execute other payloads so with that uh, we decided to inform the customer as soon as possible. Luckily, it was only a red team exercise. So, uh, another thing is that uh, the case that I actually walked through—we've uh, seen different variations of it. We've seen actually at quite a few customers. Wow! Yeah.
0: So, so did we stop this from occurring?
1: No. So, um, uh, so. With uh, with ETD, what ETD does and is, uh, I would say it's more like kind of a niche area uh, because usually a malware, it employs all sorts of um, obfuscation techniques to bypass an antivirus and the pattern matching there or the anti-emulation uh, tricks or employs uh, various kind of uh, anti-VM techniques in order to avoid being detonated. Uh, and then with that, it actually gets inside, uh, well, through the through the detection layers and gets on the customer's machine, potentially. And then if that happens at some point, there, um, because it's a new environment, uh, usually the attackers don't necessarily have full control of what's there, and they don't know in advance everything. Um, and of course, <laughs> we are humans. Um, uh at some point there might be a crash and usually there is a crash in the um, either in, uh, in the injected process or, or or the actual malware and then when there is a crash you usually have uh, everything uh, decrypted deobfuscated and makes things much easier to analyze and detect and that's where we are that's where we sit um in ca- sometimes uh, we see things um as they happen and they we decide to notify the customer uh, immediately uh and then sometimes they actually block things on, on yeah until they reach uh too far um we're more kind of a forensic analysis kind of thing so uh Immediately or after a time after the uh, the thing happened, after the um, uh, either um, uh, lateral movement or a uh, malware infection or an attack or something like that.
0: Okay, so so really, what we do is we look at these types of exploits after they've occurred, so that we can build a stronger response uh, to prevent them from occurring in the future. Exactly. Exactly. And then,
1: of course, from all those um, uh, engagements, we um, we take data, we uh, improve our detections, uh, and then we also work with other teams inside Microsoft. Uh, s- sometimes uh, we actually see a lot of uh, of the things that we uh, we get from the customers being already detected by uh, by our solutions. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, some of the customers are not using them. Um, uh, but, yeah, that that also uh, helps us as well. And then, in the end, it's going to help the customers.
0: Okay, cool. So what are the ETD deliverables?
1: Okay, so um, let's say we we, we had this, um, this scenario. Right now, we'll uh, create an alert for the customer, and then we're going to send the... Uh, um, uh, yeah, all, all that information to the customer, but uh, in the end, everything uh, and then of course other other alerts or other findings that we got from various other machines uh, and yeah IP traffic, uh, botnet analysis and so on. Uh, so we 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 get all that data and then uh, everything is summarized into a report. And we have uh, those uh, calls either on a weekly, monthly basis, or quarterly basis, depending on on their subscription. And then we go over uh, all those incidents, or at least uh, the the most important ones, and uh, yeah, try to help the customer to prevent that. Uh, see if they need any help, like more analysis. Maybe, uh, for example, at some point we even provided the customer with custom YARA rules, and of course we can also do. Uh, snort-like rules in order to search through their data better and then see uh, and identify other potentially compromised uh, machines.
0: Okay, cool. And this is all built into the OS? Uh, Yes, which is excellent. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, Andre, thank you for that. That was interesting. (laughs) You're welcome. So, if I'm a customer and I'm out there and I'm I'm listening to the show, um, is there a website or something like that that I can go to to get more information?
1: Uh, usually, enterprises uh, they they have uh, Microsoft representatives there, and they can yeah ask one of our reps, and uh, they will be happy to help.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for you know your presentation, and thanks for being a guest on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, uh, I guess that's it for for the show. So without further ado, that's your Taste of Premiere.